Welcome to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. From September 15th to October 15th, we are honoring Hispanic Heritage Month. Each week, members of our church family will be sharing stories that acknowledge and celebrate Latino and Latina history from their lived experiences to the world at large. Aloha and hello to you. My name is Jaron Oda, and I have the honor of getting to chat with Bella today about her story and her experiences as a Latina woman at Bridgetown Church and living in Portland, Oregon. And a really fun fact, Bella and I currently serve together in Bridgetown's high school ministry, and we've been friends since 2016. Dang. So today's interview is a real honor for me to do with her. So Bella, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Isabella McCarthy Zelaya, or as I'm better known here, Bella. Um, I work at David Douglas High School, and I'm a graduation mentor, um, and I identify as mixed race. So I'm Honduran American. My mom's from Honduras. My dad's from Michigan. Um, and I was born in Arizona, but I grew up mostly in Oregon and Sandy. Um, so I moved here when I was five. So most of my life has been in Oregon. Um, and yeah, for the past nine years, I've been going to Bridgetown and then been serving with Bridgetown youth for like three and a half and pretty new to the Bridgetown Racial Justice Committee as well. Awesome. So why don't you share with us a little bit about how you identify yourself in terms of your race and ethnicity? Sure. Yeah, I think, um, well, I definitely identify as Latina. Um, and I have always had a pretty strong connection to like my Honduran roots. Um, my brother, my older brother is actually born in Honduras. My parents met there and everything. And so um, they moved here not too long before I was born or to Arizona. And my mom always prioritized like taking us back. So probably for the first like eight or nine years of my life, we went every year. And then once I got a little older, it was like every other year. <clears throat> So I've definitely been really connected to my family and my roots there. So I've very strongly identified with being Honduran. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like actual race and ethnicity, it, it really is an interesting question, like being like identifying as Latino or Latina or Hispanic. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting question. So I, I would say I identify as Latina, um, which means like, yeah, you come from a Latin American country. And so Hispanic is more like you speak the Spanish language. So it would include Spain as well. Um, and so I don't really identify with, I mean, I would say identify with speaking Spanish, but identify more with being Latina because that's like what I guess brings us together culturally, a lot of cultural aspects that are really similar throughout Latin America. Um, and then, yeah, race is interesting, too, because technically being Hispanic or Latino is an ethnicity, and so my race would technically be white, but that never seems to fit, so it's just like a, I don't know, it's always hard to answer that question when someone's like, what's your race? You're like, well, I mean, I guess technically I'm white, but it's like you are technically have indigenous blood, but or a lot of people identify as like Afro-Latino, so they have mm. like African heritage. And are also like Latino. So I don't know. It's a kind of a complicated question. So I think even, it, I mean, I'm mixed race too. So that's a whole other thing of being like confused about your identity. But I think just in general, like 
people who identify as like Latino or Latina tend to have this like question of what really is my identity and where does it come from? Because my language comes from our colonizers and, but my culture is something that's different. So I don't know, kind of a long answer to your question. (laughs) What was your experience like being first generation and growing up in a majority white English speaking space and Sandy, I know you and I have had conversations about Sandy's (laughs) uh, culture and (laughs) times for you. But what was that like for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, being first generation is, it's actually, it's really cool because I feel like across all in immigrant communities, like anyone who I meet who is first generation, um, whether it's like Romanian or Russian or, you know, Honduran or Mexican <laughs> or Hawaiian. <laughs> um, it's cool that like there is a shared experience of, you know, your parents being so different, like the rules that they set on your life are just so different than like your non-first generation friends. So like being weird about sleepovers and like, you know, you don't, I don't know, you don't eat at everybody's house and things like that. You know, there's just like all these rules that I feel like all first gen kids kind of relate to. But I mean, more specifically, I think with being mixed race, it was like especially glaring because it was like these two halves of my life where I was obviously not white enough to be like part of my white family. I mean, not that they didn't accept me, but from like a very young age, I remember like looking around at all my cousins and being like, I'm the only one who doesn't look like everybody else. Mm. Um, And then going to Honduras and then not being able to speak the language properly because I mean, I was like learning Spanish my whole life, but I didn't speak it super confidently. And so then like, which is again, another shared experience of just like anyone who's first gen being Latino is that like your Spanish is like never good enough. You talk like an American, you act like an American. And so it's like, you're constantly stuck in between of being like, I mean, I don't feel American when I'm here, but I don't feel Honduran when I'm there. So yeah, it's just, um, yeah, just like a lot of spaces of just feeling like, where do I belong? And I think that the, you know, the first question you asked me, like really plays into that too, of just like, it's like at the core of being Latino, you're like confused about what your identity is. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of like the language, like I've, I really to work at learning Spanish, which I think is kind of like a misconception is that I think we assume that like the kids of immigrants just like are born speaking two languages and when the reality is that a lot of us struggle with one or the other and so like I had to put a lot of effort into learning Spanish like I took classes even in college and then I didn't really lock it down until um, I lived in Honduras for a while after college and then I lived in Bolivia as well and so that really solidified like my fluency in Spanish but yeah I mean I think that it's just assumed like you know people look at me and they're like oh you speak Spanish you have your whole life it wasn't hard but like the majority of a majority of us really have to take time to learn our like home our home language or like our family's first language Wow, Bella, thank you for being seriously so honest. I'm sure so many people that are listening to this can relate to you and relate to that struggle of where do I belong and going back and going forward and being stuck in between often in your sense of cultural and 
racial identity even. Um, so I really resonate with that myself. I wanted to ask you how your faith in Jesus has helped to maybe not answer the question, but at least give you an active daily response to your sense of belonging. You know, I'm so curious. So maybe that sounds a little bit too intense. <laughs> I want to ask how your cultural identity or how you've asked the question, where do I belong? How has Jesus helped you walk through that? Yeah, I think that's a a really interesting question. Um, so yeah, I haven't talked too much about like my dad's background. So he's white, but he's majority Irish. And so that's like a really strong Catholic community as is the Latino community is very strong. So like I come from like both sides of my family being very, very Catholic. Um, and so I think that kind of felt like part of my identity was like, oh, well, no matter where I look in my family, at least like we're all Catholic. And so that kind of felt like an identity piece. But at the same time, I didn't feel like, I mean, yeah, when I was going to Catholic church as a kid, it wasn't something I felt connected to. Like I knew God was there, but he was like out there somewhere and not someone I had a personal relationship with. So it wasn't until like coming to a Christian church, like coming to Bridgetown that I really feel like I actually gave my life to Jesus. And so that took me stepping away from like, my family's like religious beliefs, which was really challenging for my parents, for myself. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because it was just fully like having to trust that like your identities in Christ and like whatever worldly identity, I mean, it's still important. You know, we always search for belonging, but just realizing that like at the end of the day, no other identity matters like over your identity in Christ. Um, but yeah, I think it's always like a difficult conversation when you, you know, in terms of like um, the history of Christianity with communities of color and um, especially in the Latina. I mean, I don't know if it's especially, but I just know more about it in terms of like colonization in um, Latin America. Like my native background would be Mayan and there's like really no written Mayan text anymore because it was actually like burned by priests who um, claimed that they heard from God to like burn all of the literature mm. of the mind language. And so things like that, that are so like damaging to the culture and um, yeah, there's just like so much loss of that history of like, you know, my ancestors. And so it's just challenging of just being like, how did those people follow the same Jesus that I follow? And wow. yeah. And, and so it's like a question I still wrestle with um where it's like how do you tie together this like really crazy history that's like hurt your family for generations and then also be like but that's like the god i believe in and like the jesus like the savior i want to be like so yeah it's just a i don't know i think it just helps me like get closer with god at the end of the day because it's like i have to keep asking him these questions and asking for like how do I make sense of this? And like the only way I feel like you really make sense of it is just by like working it out with the Lord, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And part of this too is sharing your honest experiences too. I, I, again, I'm saying this, so many people can probably relate and resonate with what you're talking about. So thanks for being honest about your struggle, but also just your open journey of walking with Jesus in the midst of these really um, deep and rightfully so deep aspects of Christian history and your own experiences and in your blood, mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
So, Bella, in light of the complex relationship that Latin America clearly has had with Christianity throughout mm-hmm. the years, but also knowing that you've carried and still carry a deep heart and passion for the global church for a while, how have you been able to reconcile these two realities in your life, but also in the church? So, yeah, no, that is a, a great question, an interesting question, and I think it's, uh, you know, like a dissonance i guess that i live within of knowing Mm. like the history of the church that has you know gone into these areas saying like oh we're gonna make things better and like here's how um but i mean in my experience uh i have been on short-term mission trips and also long-term mission trips um and like lived in honduras and lived in bolivia and yeah i mean it's just so evident that the lord is there and he's working and he's working through people like me. So like if I weren't choosing to say yes in obedience, then like there wouldn't be any moving forward. And so I, I hope that, you know, I can be part of like raising up another generation of people who are like me where they were born here and that's their, I mean, yeah, they're American, but they have this cultural understanding of like how they grew up so that they can go back and continue to do this like, reparation work of being able to actually work with communities understanding the culture and not just bringing american ideals and saying like basically to fix your country you just have to be american um but instead of like you know actually working with communities and with people and helping like raise them up and yeah i mean that's that's my hope is i i don't think that historically there has been a lot of people like me you know we do always see white folks doing it and I think a lot of that has to do with privilege as well and I've had the privilege of being able to travel um since I was little and so I think I was really primed for it um so yeah I mean I think it's just like I reconcile the two by like choosing to live in hope of like the hope of Jesus that he wants this restoration and he wants me to be a part of it So all this to say, what is your hope for the future of Bridgetown Church in light of this conversation and the experiences that you're sharing and even the struggles that you're sharing? Yeah. um, I mean, like I said, I've been at Bridgetown for a long time. um, And so I feel like I've seen, you know, the church progress. And um, I've been really encouraged by, like, even myself being asked to read, like, in Spanish and, you know, starting to hear other people's languages being spoken um, from the stage is really cool. And so I would love to see us continue to move toward that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool to see like, I don't know, maybe one day there'll be a congregation that speaks majority, a different language than English. And like where we would have a whole service that was in a different language. Um, so who knows, but I think I, yeah, I just really hope to continue to see more diversity in the church. And I mean, I would love to see more um, Latinos at the church. I don't really know a ton of people at the moment who like we can share like the language as well as like our cultural background. So, and again, I think that culture plays a huge role in that of either being Catholic or going to like Spanish speaking churches. So yeah, I mean, we're all about the multicultural church around here. So I'm excited to see that continue to be ushered in and hopefully be a part of it. Bella, that was such a reflective and powerful and honestly like hope-filled response. 
So thank you so much for sharing. And really cool fun fact too, that Gen Z, the emerging generation in the church, is the most diverse generation in America's history. So there will definitely be people, young men and women like you, that are looking for leaders like them to call them to the Global Church of Jesus. So I have a lot of hope as well. Yeah, let's go. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Hispanic heritage, Oregon's racist past, and Bridgetown's vision for the future, visit bridgetown.church justice.